Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. And this is Wicked Spursy. I am Dave, joined by Steve and Mike. Steve, how are you doing today? Oh, not too shabby, all things considered. Glad to have you with us. And Mike, how are you? I'm uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, I am uh, currently uh, a bachelor for the next uh, hour and a half until uh, till the boy gets back from his 300th uh, practice of the week. So uh, it, it's 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 a good day here in uh, good old Georgia, Vermont. Well, you're using that hour and a half well uh, to talk to talk Spurs and world football with with two of your buddies. So so appreciate that. And um, yeah, we uh, it's been a while since we got together and did this. We kept waiting for news to land and it, it, it kept, the plane kept circling, but it finally landed. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. But first, let's talk about one of the uh, the, the more recent topics in football, and that is the Euros. Uh, Mike, I'd love to hear your take on how the Euros are developing. You know, who who have you been, you've been watching? Who's your, your pick to click, Ben? Uh, what do you think about England and, and where they are in the, the scheme of things? Just what are your thoughts on Euros? Uh, straight off the top, I, uh, I, I picked... I picked England, um, and I think on our last pod we talked about it a little bit just uh, at the start of the Euros. Um, so I, I still went with England, but I, I maintain uh, my thoughts on Italy about about them being a pretty much a well-oiled machine. Although they did hit a little bit of a bump in the road with Spain, um, I don't know if they were ready for that for that type of. Uh, that type of football that Spain plays. And it's a, tr- it was just a traditional uh, Spain performance, I thought. Um, but Italy is a, is a machine. I mean, uh, they, they operate so smoothly. They're exciting to watch They're, um They finally figured out how to work, how to work on that, that counterattacking uh, football. So you know, Italy versus England is going to be a fantastic, I think a fantastic uh, end to our, to the Euro journey this year. Um, well, last year's Euros. <laughs> right. The 2020 uh, Euros. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, 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 I can't help but mention that um, Steve and I are in a pool with, uh, with Brian from Rhode Island and, uh, and a bunch of my uh, other buddies from Rhode Island. Um, and uh I, I gotta, I gotta say, Steve, uh, Steve got the the pick right from the beginning. Uh, he's uh, at a point right now where uh, it looks like if Italy wins, and uh, Steve's the the big the big money man, you might have to report that to the uh, to the old IRS. You know, we, we don't talk about them here. Steve, you're going to offend our English audience with your uh, your Italy support. So uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about it? What are you thinking on Euros and what have you seen so far? Um, well, I mean, my thought process going into this whole thing was that England would inevitably choke. And I just I, I honestly thought they would make it to the final, but I don't think they've got it in them to actually win it, um, especially when you consider just uh, – you know how easy, relatively easy, their run-in has been to get to the final, and how, by and large, they kind of struggled to get there. Right? Ukraine game aside, where they actually scored multiple goals, you know they they pretty much needed to rely on a sterling dive, and I'm going to say it that was a dive 
um, to get them past Denmark. They probably would have won anyway. Like if they, if, if the game had just kept going, you know, they were applying the pressure. Eventually they were going to find an opening, but to win it on such like an egregious dive, it just doesn't feel great. And then you see the news coming out that, you know, Casper uh, uh, Schmeichel had a laser shined in his eye. Yeah. Did you see that? That's nuts. The England fans were launching fireworks and booing the national anthem. It's like, man, I've never wanted a, a team that I, any, uh, in, in normal circumstances, I'd be rooting for them. But now I just desperately want them to lose. And not just because I have money on the line. Um, but, you know, you can't blame the team for the, for the fans being shitty. True. That's fair. That's fair. Um, also, you know, also, Schmeichel wasn't, wasn't hurt too much by that because uh, that was one of the worst Harry Kane penalty shots probably in his career. Look, I'm just glad Kane got that penalty out of his system in the Euros and not when it actually matters, you know, during the Spurs season where he will be a Spurs player. Um, just stamping my seal on that right now. He's going nowhere this summer. Um, but e- even beyond that, and, and I know the people are going to be sitting here like, well, you're supporting Italy and they're garbage. Well, yeah, they kind of are, right? There are a bunch of prima donnas that just, flop around as if they've been shot every time they get touched but uh to mike's point i mean they they are a machine flopping aside a couple of 60 year old uh, uh center backs you know, yeah, no question they're incredibly <laughs> difficult to break down uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for them and you, you have to admire what mancini has done for that if they could cut out some of the uh theatrics and, and some of the acting there whenever you know a soft breeze comes in their general direction you know, they, they would be an admirable team to watch. But like I said, I mean, I, I just don't know that England has what it takes to win a cup final. You know, my, my reaction on Euros, I've, I've enjoyed following the teams. I enjoyed, I think, I think the whole world enjoyed watching Denmark uh, progress further than anyone probably, probably expected them to. Um you know, I've been in the back of my mind rooting for England just because I'd like to see Kane get a trophy somewhere so that we can shut up about the whole got to get a trophy and got to go somewhere else to get it piece. I think if he uh, if they win this, you know, he he and most of those guys become legends for the rest of their lives. And he's not chasing, you know, that 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 ghost that he that he can't get after. But I, I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit of a weird turn. And I, I, want to, I want to talk about appropriation for a minute. You know, we, we joke with ourselves and we joke about ourselves when we use English terms, you know, in, in talking about football and we, we, we tease ourselves. But last night watching the, or yesterday afternoon watching England, Denmark, first I see English fans wearing cowboy hats and I'm asking myself, what the hell is going on with the cowboy hats? And then Mike throwing this to you as a, as a Red Sox guy, um, not like, not like your baseball team owns this, but. Sweet Caroline is a thing across the pond, English, you know, Sweet Caroline is a, is a thing to sing, you know, after, after a win and after, as the, the, the season is progressing, like what's the deal with the cowboy hats and Sweet Caroline? Mike, do you know? Um, well, I, I can, I can, yeah, I can speak to this a little bit. Um, being an avid hater of that song, um, you know, it is a feel good song, right? You know, I was at a game once and uh, Neil Diamond, actually did come he was at Fenway Park and he came onto the field and sang it um the Red Sox do not play that song at the end of the game just just so we can be clear on that they they played uh in the eighth inning um so as not to uh 
you know, preempt uh, the take me out to the ball game traditional uh, song in the seventh inning. Uh, but they, they, uh, it's so goddamn dumb, but it is a feel good song. It's a good sing along, you know, makes everybody happy. Um, you know, a, a couple of years ago in the NHL, the Blues adopted the We Are Family thing or whatever it was that they did, you know, stealing it from the Pirates or it, whatever it was that the Blues did. Like every every uh, team has to have a feel good thing now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the English fan um, has been they've been waiting for so long for something good to happen with with their national team that that, you know, shit give it to them but the cowboy hats does a cowboy hat make you is it like what i don't understand i get i get that it's a it's a party atmosphere in the in the stands and all that but how much more goddamn spring break can you get than a yeah yeah than an england party hat I mean, a cowboy hat not worn by a cowboy is a caricature in and of itself, right? Like, yeah, why don't that, they just wear jester hats? Like, that's that's something English, right? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a great point. medieval England, or like a sweet Robin and it Hood fits cap, too, or something. because Gareth Southgate is a joke. So <laughs> that guy, the Gareth South. Okay, let's get back to that just for a quick second. Go for um, it. What is the deal with Gareth Southgate? Is is he a genius, or like because? those the the first few games in the pool i'm like geez i don't know if this team has a look at their stack but i don't know if they have it you know you sound like jerry seinfeld what's the deal with your <laughs> what's the deal um yeah so like what 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 is the deal with that like is, is he a genius steve uh because all of a sudden they seem to be pulling it out pulling out of uh, the rabbit out of the hat they're scoring goals um they're they're holding possession, but still he refuses to start Sancho. He refuses to start um, Jack Grealish, and then takes Jack Grealish out in extra time. Yeah. I get it for a defensive player, uh, but for Kieran Trippier, or Trippier, Trippier, whatever you want to call him, um, I, I I don't get it. You have an awesome talent in Jaden Sancho, and God damn it, he's going to Man U, but. You got. You have to play the better player. Saka was coming off of injury, you know. I mean, Harry Kane has. You know, I was waiting for his ankles to break every single time down the field. You know, it's there's a reason that he's not busting through the box anymore, and it's because he doesn't want to break his ankles. He's he's staying back. But goddamn, that pass, that pass he made was was phenomenal, and that's what we've seen out of Harry for the past two years. And I don't think Harry Kane's going anywhere. So I'm going to bring it back to that. <laughs> yeah. We got to go back to what you brought, brought it back to before that. And that's Steve, what's your opinion on Southgate is what is, is he a mastermind or is he, is he dumb luck in his way through this thing? Look, Gareth Southgate, in my opinion, is like the definition of failing forward. Like this is somebody who for all intents and purposes has no fucking clue what he's doing, but it just works. And I don't think it's because he's some sort of tactical genius or anything. Honestly, I think that some of these players that are that are out there for England, Harry Kane in particular, once he started firing, he essentially carried that team on on his back, you know, for the last two games. Um, it, it's rough because any other manager I feel would have made some substantial changes when he realized that things weren't going particularly well. Uh, 
you know, and I'm thinking all the way back to the group stage, but Southgate stuck to his guns. And what we ended up with is essentially mediocre soccer for large stretches. And then he eventually brings Jack Raylish on and the game changes. And, you know, as just a neutral watching it, it's the thing that Spurs don't have, Steve. Right? I mean, it. We, Spurs played very play very similarly, or have in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. um, where you have only two guys that score. And in you know, we saw it with Sonny in the beginning of the year last this past season, and then Harry Kane starts coming on too, and he's and he's distributing the ball to Sonny, and then Sonny disappears. It's it's the same story with Sterling, the guy comes out on fire gets off the snide a little bit with the with, with the couple of goals and then still it's the he goes right back to the same old Raheem Sterling that just can't finish exactly let me throw this in though. atrocious why do we keep playing him like it, it just when you have somebody like Rashford on, on the bench or Sancho which I know I know he plays on the other side but he's a professional soccer player he can go on he can play on either side and that you know the the after that Gareth Southgate had um, following that game where he tried to justify why he brought Graylish off in extra time um, saying, Oh yeah, we needed Sterling speed. It's like, okay, but what about in the beginning of the game? Was it his speed you needed or do you need somebody who can actually finish a fucking chance? Cause let, let's count. Yeah, you know where his speed, his speed, his speed brings him right to the, right to the end line so that he can end up, you know, eventually kicking the ball out, kicking the ball out for a goal kick. That's all or, Sterling or does. Or taking a hack and going down, right? That's that's a lot of his, his game. <laughs> or taking a shot directly at Casper Schmeichel when all yes. you need to do is go literally either direction and you've scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He also he also had an easy one that he took off his heel on the uh, the other side of the, of the goal a little bit later in the game. But let me ask you this on Southgate. Um, I read this. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but a lot of media that I was was reading about him suggests that he's changed the culture around the England team significantly, and that you know it used to be a train wreck there, and that now the the players want to be there, and that they don't they don't gripe, they don't complain, they don't speak out, you know, like that whole type of thing. Have you guys seen or heard anything about that? Like, is he a good culture guy? Which, let's be honest, no. Spurs did not have the last two years playing the same football. We had a bad, rotten culture inside Spurs, and that manifests in ways it did. Is Southgate leading a good culture that plays they, out differently? They might like the guy. You know, the players might like the guy. It doesn't mean he's he's a he's a good for the team. You know, it doesn't mean that he's a good manager. Look at USA football. It's a, USA soccer. It's the same thing. You know, we we have a garbage coach that doesn't know how to tactically use the phenomenal talent that he has out there that he's putting out there on the field. You know, so. Um, Mike, I think that's a that's a brilliant kind of analogy there. You know, Gareth and, and Greg are essentially the same sort of coach. The only reason that they're as successful as they are is that they've got incredible talent to throw on the field. You know? Young talent, you know. Exactly. I I I don't know. I feel like if either of those squads had a better coach, then it wouldn't even be a question about who's going to win things. You know, a better coach will be able to get much more out of their team. I don't, you know, Southgate, I feel, and I said it before, I'll say it again. I feel like he's overly reliant on the talent that he's got. And that kind of fills in for his tactical ineptness 99% of the time. Yeah. 
Hey, let's transition. Let's keep talking about coaches, but let's talk about Spurs coach. So we finally got a coach slash manager appointment. Nuno Espirito Santo uh, is leading the team currently in uh, in preseason. I'd I'd love to hear reactions to the appointment, to the process, to the time frame, all those different things. But most importantly, like looking forward, what do we expect? So, Steve, let's start with you. What's your what's your take on the beginning of the Nuno era? You know, just I, I feel like it took forever to get to this point, right? Like I remember back, God, it feels like months ago, and it probably was months ago. You know, for those of you who follow us on, on social media, particularly Facebook, I was particularly vocal about not wanting Nuno in here. I thought he was an uninspired selection. You know, he wasn't somebody to really rally behind. Um, and, you know, a, a couple months later, maybe I'm just sick of the process or maybe I've had time to let it kind of sit and gel a bit. I, I feel like I'm eating my own words in a way. Like I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little excited for Nuno. And I'll tell you why, you know, Ali G, Alistair Gold, he put out, um, you know, kind of this, this, you know, first view on Nuno, uh, a recap type thing of what, you know, they've seen for the first couple of days this week uh, with Nuno properly in charge and, and running things on the club. And, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to pay off, but what I'm seeing and what I'm reading is kind of positive in a way, you know, the thing that, that really stuck out to me was it seems like he is really drilling in um, this concept of muscle memory, right? He wants players to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again until it's just second nature to them, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I feel like we've talked about this last season a couple of times where guys seem to be forgetting how to do the most simple of things right? Like they can't pass to save their lives or they're picking the wrong choice, you know, nine times out of 10. And it, it almost looks like Nuno is trying to, from day one, undo all of that by forcing the squad to just be like, almost like a Mancini squad, well-drilled, clear on what they're trying to do. And we're going to do this a thousand times until you guys have got it right. Uh, and, and I'm super excited to see how that pays off. Um, some of the drills that they were running uh, with the wide guys out and they could only take two touches before they had to cross it in, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that I think we have wanted to see for large stretches of last season. There were so many opportunities that I'm thinking of, you know, over the course of, of the 2021 season where it was just too slow, too many touches, you know, it, it took people forever to even get their heads up and see what was going on around them. And, and, you know, from day one, it looks like Nuno is, is kind of the antithesis of that. Like he wants them to act fast. He wants them to know what they're going to do before they even get the ball. And I, I'm so stoked for that. That makes me an incredibly happy fan, whether it pays off, you know, we got a couple of preseason games coming up, probably not going to get a great view onto it. But, uh, you know, the first couple of games into the season, you know, I, I think by mid-September, we'll have a good idea as to whether or not this is what we want Spurs to be. You know, I, I'm kind of chalking the Man City game up as, as like a don't hold your breath for anything kind of game, you know what I mean? But, you know, with some of the fixtures coming after that, if what Nuno is trying to do to the club is going to work, we'll see that early on in the season. And then it'll be clear to us whether, you know, I'm going to be eating my words for saying that he was an uninspired pick 
or if I'm going to start to feel justified in my, you know, thoughts of two or three months ago when we were looking for, for a hire. But right now, I'm feeling pretty grateful to have him, um, you know, for now. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how it works. Mike, what do you think? What's your take on Nuno? I like Nuno. Um, <clears throat> I loved I, I loved the fact that um, when, when I first started watching uh, Premier League, um, Wolves wor- weren't anywhere near Premier, Premier League at that point. Um, they hired Nuno. Um, and, and it really shows like the, the uh, and the championship side when um, when you have these teams that are fighting for promotion, um, when you have a, a, those teams and, and you have the clubs um, that are there that are willing to put money into players and willing to put money onto the product that's on the field, whether it's manager, whether it's players, whether it's coaching staff, um, they did all the right things, you know, and Nuno did the right things. He had the money to get the players he wanted and he took those players and turned them into a team that got promoted and then made their way up to what seventh in their, their, the first year, right. They were a, a leads type of a story, but without the giant, you know, name of Bielsa uh, behind, behind the bench. So um, I, I, I like, I like the way he plays. I'm um, looking. I, I'm glad we kind of waited for, waited on this podcast because it's not just another emergency podcast. You know, oh, yeah. no, we don't no, have to have an emergency Emergencies. podcast. Right. I mean, um, I, I so I, I I like the fact that I had time to kind of look into you know see what Nuno did. Uh, you know, at Porto and what, what was he at Valencia? Yep. Um, yeah, Valencia. Yeah. So I mean, it seems that everywhere he's been. He kind of, uh, he changes to the players, he, he changes his tactics to the players that he has. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, it's not just one of those hires. To, and you, this might be a little bit of some cynical thinking, but um, I'm hoping that Levy didn't just go at, you know, after the extensive search what can we do to get the best out of somebody like Matt Doherty? <laughs> oh, I got it. Nuno. Let's do that. Yeah, that looks good. He, he played well for him. Um, I'll tell I, you I, what, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, so that's pretty, cyn- that's the real, the right use of the word cynical. That is um, cynical. Yes. I'll tell you um, what though, Mike, if, if we can get like a, a Doherty comeback story this season, I would be happy because, you know, that's just one less person for me to complain about week in, week out. I can focus all of my effort on getting Sissoko shipped literally anywhere else. Hey, man, Sissoko can come. He can come play in America. He'd probably be a superstar in America. He probably would. Um, But, you know, I I, I like Nuno. He he came in with a uh, with a great attitude, said all the things that you want to, you know, you want your new manager to say he didn't come in with like a snarky kind of i'm i'm the special one um just talking (laughs) about the previous guy you know he didn't he didn't come in with a he's got kind of a more of a chip on his shoulder rather than having a you know it's it's me or nobody attitude you know and it with the marino hire it seemed to me that they went out and got tried to get the best guy possible. You know, what's the biggest move we can make to show everybody that we're a big club. And it's, and it's, 
it felt a little at the time like shit we don't want to lose the game so let's punt on third down <laughs> you know so you, d- you don't want to go and punt on third down because you don't want to play to not lose you want to play to win and that's the way that jose Mourinho always played is was to play to not lose that's the way gareth southgate plays yeah i mean it, it and it's frustrating as hell and it was frustrating and it was a terrible experiment i'm hoping we learned our lesson and while while you know the holy spirit might not have the best tactics um for what this what spurs fans are used to um or want to see out there i think it's going to produce some wins and it's going to produce some fun exciting football to watch soccer to watch um so you know it's it's going to be exciting because you know you see guys like Deli Alley out there busting his ass, um, at, you know not just at practice but in the pre in the preseason training. So I, you know if we can get some of those guys back to the level that they were playing at, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. So I'm going to add, um, assuming Steve has to eat his words. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a unanimous. Uh, Wicked Spursy is is uh, pleased with the Nuno higher and the reason i'm pleased with it is simple one is you know sometimes you just have feelings about guys and i i can identify i can remember a time about three years ago like looking at nuno on the sideline at wolves and going you know he'd be a good coach at spurs someday like just just having that thought in my mind for no reason other than that crossed my mind so well dave that's because you're the white nuno (laughs) exactly i do model my personal appearance after nuno for anyone who's wondering um he's got the beard that's pretty much it's the beard and the uh Shaved the, beard, head. the beard and the lack of hair on top. Yeah. Um, but now you got me distracted. But no, I <laughs> I mean, here's one thing I love. The, our guys are going to be fit, right? Like under Mourinho, they, they weren't trained hard. They weren't drilled hard. That muscle memory piece that Steve talked about, like they're going to be fit. They're going to be automated. They're going to be ready to go. And that's that's exciting. I tend to prefer optimism over pessimism. You know, if we if we just look at the worldview, Nuno comes across with an optimistic worldview, whereas the previous manager was clearly a pessimist and everybody in the world sucked except for him. Um, and so just having that different perspective and mindset is important. And, you know, the other piece is watching Wolves the last several years. It doesn't matter who they were playing. I found them, even when they sucked, and they did suck a little bit, they were still exciting to watch and they were still always a threat. Even when they weren't that good, they were always a threat. And, you know, I, we Spurs, we want to believe because we made it to the champions league final that we are big boys. We're not big boys yet. We're not big boys until we win a few of those things. And we consistently are, are, you know, in the top four for years after years, after years, we're not there yet. So the whole concept of like, we can be a big dog and we've got money to play with and we can attract the best managers in the world and we deserve that to me that's just flawed thinking i think the nuno hire is an appropriate hire for a club that's where where we are which is a ton of potential a ton of resources in place ready to roll uh some good skilled world-class players on the on the roster and some guys that need to be shipped out like for nuno it's a step up i think for spurs it's a step in the right direction who knows two years ago is nuno still around does potch make the the magnificent return that you know always gets hinted at who knows where we are down the road, but for 2021, uh, it feels like the right guy at, at the right time. So that's, that's kind of my take on it. Steve thought on that. Um, well, actually it's just something else that popped into my mind. Speaking of hires, I, I want to get your guys thoughts on what Paratici has been doing so far. Um, cause you know, 
Parati chi. Yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to put the accent on the para. Para. <laughs> Parati chi. Yeah, whatever. I'm never gonna say it. They, whatever. Uh, Papa P. That's what I'm gonna call him. Papa P. Perfect. All right. What has he been doing? No, that, you know, we, that's we Mike's about... name. Mike won't let us use that name for for Parati chi. No, he's Poppy P. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There's a slight difference. But, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Nuno and how exciting it is that, you know, he's finally getting to work and what we've seen so far. But what about some of these transfer rumors that that we've got? There, There's a couple of pretty exciting young talent being linked with us. And, you know, most of it is just bullshit. But it's it's I don't know. For me, it's kind of refreshing to see somebody who's actually affiliated with the club going on TV, going on a podcast, going on wherever and saying, oh, yeah, we're going after this guy. We'd love to get him. He's a great guy. Or I've been following him for a while. Yeah, he's, I'm an admirer of his. Like, it, It's almost like you know, we don't have to deal with this in-the-know bullshit. We've got somebody who's actively saying, hey, you know, I've got my eyes on six players for one position. And that's kind of fun for me. You know, what, what do you guys think? What, what have your reactions been to some of these? You know, the, the Kanude, the Tomiyasu. Um, Anderson still, you know, are you as excited as I am to see some of these names? I sure am. I mean, I, I, I really, uh, I like to, I Tommy Yasu, uh, just watching some of the stuff that he does. Um, apparently he's a, uh, he's a right back. I, I thought he was a center back, but they've been playing him at right back Yeah, sounds in, like in, a, in, a, in a back three. Right. Yeah. Um, the guy, the guy can use both feet. Like, I mean, he's, he, his skill, his skill on the ball is pretty amazing uh, for a young guy, for a guy who's been in a league where there's pretty much two teams. Um, so maybe that's why he stands out so much. Who knows, but he looks world-class. Um, as far as the other guys, I, I still, still believe that we need Sabitzer. Um, it, it, it looks like, there's every time we're mentioned with somebody now, it's like, oh, Arsenal's going after the same guy. And, and, right. and if that's true, guess what they're doing? They're pulling the classic drive up the price. We're not going to, we're not actually going to get the guy. Tomiyasu, um, they're, they're talking about Arsenal being interested in him now. And he's, he wants to come to Spurs and his, his deal's pretty much, I, I think it's pretty much in the bag. Um, but uh, Kunde, um, Jules Koundé, um, the French player, he um, he's super exciting too. That that kid, uh, you know, as a defensive as a defensive player, would rival what man you just just finally pulled off with with Jaden Sancho. I, I think that's going to be a tougher get because they're going to ask a lot of money for him. And I I, I hear uh, and I've been reading that it's upwards near fifty million dollars. Actually, I think I read 70 million euros is what I, what I saw the other day is, is the answer. That's, so, yeah. And, and, you know, his price is going to continue to go up as, as more and more suitors come along. So uh, just like any other sport, um, but it still doesn't solve the problem that we have um, with a linking, with a linking presence in the midfield. It doesn't solve the problem that we have having no backup uh, striker um it doesn't solve the problem that we have having an unproven uh Stephen Bergvine or an aging Lucas Mora uh or Lamella 
Uh, it doesn't it doesn't solve any of those problems. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's great that everybody in the in the media is focused on our our backfield, uh, our defensive backfield, and we need that. We need those players uh, probably first and foremost, but we still have gaps to fill. And in order to do that, we're going to have to pull off some kind of some stuff like uh, we did with Hoiberg last year, you know, basically making a, a one-to-one, you know, trade almost. We're, we're going to need to sell a player to get a player, but you can't just sell laterally. You got to sell to get a younger player. So I don't see Daniel Levy spending any more than 20, 25 million dollars on, on players. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just that typical Spursy Daniel Levy, you know, we don't have the money to do this type of a thing. And they probably really don't at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. Steve, I'm excited about what it looks like Paradici's bringing to the table, but hey, nice. thank you. I, I think we need to, I think we need to let some time play out, right? Like, so the rumors are great. You know, we, we, we were talking in our WhatsApp earlier this week about Weston McKinney rumors going, Hey, that'd be cool. We'd, we'd take him. Um, but there, there's business to be done, right? Let's get the sun deal locked in. Let's get this Harry Kane nonsense put to bed, um, which we'll, co- we'll come back to Harry in just a little bit. Let's get the guys that need to be shipped out, whether that's any combination of Lamella, Lucas, um, Sissoko, Winks, you know, Dyer, like uh, Sanchez. I mean, there, there's a list of guys that we always come up with that need to be shipped out and a handful of those guys need to be dealt with. Let's see good loan decisions make, you know, um, or made. You know, what are we doing with Skip? Is he coming to the big club or are we going to loan him out again? What are you doing with Parrot? I think he needs a good loan and he needs to season a little bit more. You know, there's there are some skilled young guys that need good loan experience. And there's also some guys that have been lingering in the, the upper levels of the academy that probably need a chance just to go. What are we doing with Cameron Carter Vickers? You know, like um, he he's back in in camp with Spurs, even though Bournemouth wants him and he and he was was pretty strong for them last year. Let's get the deal. Let's get the money. Let's get him out of there. So I want to see a summer with good business done. I want to see a winter um, signing period where we actually make some smart moves happen instead of kind of the nonsense that we've grown accustomed to. And then I'd like to see another good progressive summer next summer. And then I'll be ready to make a judgment on on old uh, Fabio Paradici. Uh, and, but so far, signs are good. How's that language, you, Steve? I still say that. Sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I still, I still like Troy Parrott. I think in his loan spells, he's not been given the chances that he needs. We have to find a a loan partner for for Spurs and for him that are going to be, you know, the best for him because otherwise we're going to end up playing, uh, you know, a nineteen year old Dan Scarlett, um, and possibly without having developed him properly you know yeah and and yeah. that might end in in some in some really uh we might end up in some bad shape with that you're right but, i forgot to mention scarlet sessignan like what are we doing with him you know sessignan uh, he looks to be one of nuno's guys already perfect right like i would love to use him and sergio on the left and let them crash we've down been, the field we've been waiting for something like that for years, yeah right? we have but um so steve what do you think how's our analysis of uh of the new guy what's your take Oh, you're muted though, Steve. Oh no. Busted. This thing, this mic, because I'm in a different spot, I've got it like sitting on my lap here and it keeps like falling over on me. 
yeah they want to interrupt you guys not not um, operator error definitely technology right steve oh it's totally technology i would never do anything wrong <laughs> on my side <clears throat> uh anyway no i i think you guys are spot on there's there's definitely you know it, it's nice to be linked with a bunch of people but let's see who he actually is able to get and you know i have to remember it wasn't so long ago that you know myself and, and a lot of the other members of the fan base that i've seen you know on facebook reddit wherever we're almost calling for his head already because of the manager hunt right like we've we've almost forgotten how much more convoluted it was than maybe we feel like it needed to be especially since we ended up with nuno who was like on steve hitchens list mm-hmm. and we're just coming back to him you know 70 80 days later you know that doesn't look good but if he can bring in some some young talented players improve the squad overall ship out some of the dead weight i'll be happy but again it is you know it is one of those kind of wait and see type things uh i just you know like i said i i'm personally a fan of relying on somebody affiliated with the club going out and saying yes or no are you interested in this guy rather than sitting back and and listening to like oh yeah you know my buddy lives near the stadium so he knows you know the ins and outs of what goes on and he definitely knows 100 for certain that our starting uh striker is going to be dane scarlet next season for sure it's like that's you know we all know that's bullshit It's like an, enough is enough. I'm sick of hearing about, you know, the gardener who lives next to, you know, Tottenham Stadium um, that just happens to have an inn or something. It, it, it's bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. It's nice to, it, you know, it's nice to have somebody, even if he's just throwing names out to just show that, hey, you know, we've got our eyes on lots of people. You can't tie us down to, you know, a, a, a big deal because we'll just go elsewhere. Um it is still nice to have an affiliated person within the club driving that somehow. Um, you know, are we going to sign six defensive players? No, there's absolutely no way we are. Will we sign one of them? Probably. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, Tomiyasu looked like he was a set deal, but, you know, I think we're all used to disappointment at this point, you know, given the uh, lengthy manager hunt. But, even if, even if we miss out on Tomiyasu, even if we have to go to the second, third, fourth, fifth guy on our list, what is encouraging to me is all the way down to that fifth, sixth pick, they're still quality players. They're still people that I would be excited to bring on, especially if it helps ship that kind of dire Sanchez center back pairing um, out of the country completely forever. Um I think, hey, look, Steve, the, that's the, one the, thing I like about what I've read about. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Um, Steve, one thing I like that I've read about Paratici is that he he's negotiating with multiple guys all at once, right? Like, it's not the classic, let's go in hard for this guy, and then when it falls apart, let's be disappointed. He's negotiating with three different players to fill different needs at a time, and, and oh, he's only going to get one, but at least we're working different angles. And I like the fact that they're – there appear to be options on the table for the decisions that we're trying to make. Sorry to interrupt you earlier, Mike. No, no, I was just thinking like, uh, I, I just, uh, I was just barely just now looking at, you know, Tottenham uh, transfer rumors. Uh, Dabala's name is popping back up again. Uh, we lost out on him a couple of years ago because Daniel Eva didn't want to pay 70 million. Um, it's just, I, 
I don't understand what the fascination is with Spurs fans and Spurs media in general. Um, looking back and trying to, you know, come to terms or get excited about a, a, a guy that we are linked with five years ago um, to, you know, to, to come and fill a spot on our team. You know, it, it was, it's really nice to get Gareth Bale, get Gareth Bale back. You know uh, he didn't do much unless it was, you know, um, terrible, uh, terrible competition or, you know, I mean, a lot of people like to point to, Oh, well, he scored 15 goals or whatever it was. But, you know, he he did it against inferior competition. Um, I don't want I don't want to go back and rehash shit with guys that we were linked with in the past that, you know, or, I mean, DeBall is still, you know, a hell of a player, but he's, you know, he's not going to be he's not going to come in for the, the, the type of money that he wants and change our team. Um, I, I, I think we got to look forward. Um, look for those 20, $25 million players sign three of those guys for the, for the one Paula Dybala we get, you know, speaking of, um, you know, spending money on players, Mike, as you were mentioning that I just Googled Tottenham transfer rumors. And I want to read this headline to you um, because I think it's a, it's a great transition to something that I'm sure we're all eager to talk about. Um, and this is, it's a, uh, article that was posted on, on the blog cartilage free captain. That's a Spurs blog. And it's, uh, titled richest club in the world cries poverty over possible cane transfer. Oh, this is the pity party, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Manchester city, they're uh, suddenly the poor man's club. They don't have money to spend, um, you know, on, on players like Harry Kane. It's just too much. Which tells me they already signed Jack Grealish and they didn't have just haven't announced it. Uh, I thought that he was too expensive too. Oh, was he? Suddenly, okay. it's just okay. it's so unfair that these other teams are making it hard for City to buy their players. Uh, it, it's it's amazing actually, and that's one thing I like about every goal that I see Kane put in for England during the Euros is is I can see that price going higher and higher, which to me means you know other people can't buy him and and he he hopefully stays put. Well, here, here's how I, here's how I feel on on the whole on the whole Harry Kane thing and and the Manchester City thing. So, first of all, Manchester City, uh, Pep, your your game doesn't it doesn't work anymore. You're you're full of shit, and we know it. Um, you you know, oil the price of oil is going up. All right, there's money there. Okay, on on, on the on the other side of that, I don't want Spurs to this year with Harry Kane to to do what Spurs typically do, which is, oh my God, we're in a money pinch right now. We owe all this money. We're basically broke. We need to sell off our best players. I mean, the, you saw it with Gareth Bale. You saw it with um, with a guy um, and, and a lot of our um, older listeners uh, who have been following Spurs for years probably remember uh, in the 90s when they uh, had to get rid of or they had to sell because they were broke, probably the best player in England, maybe the world in, in, in uh, Gas, uh, Gascoigne. And, and that, that really, um, you know, Gascoigne was, uh, he wasn't a big scorer, but he, he was the heart of a team. He was the heart of England. Uh, the shots he, he put it, he was very much, 
what we saw out of Christian Erickson for a couple of years. He was a linking player. Um, he, he was the, the, the absolute leader of a team and, and, and the national team and uh, Spurs had to sell him because uh, because they were broke. And I don't want that to happen again, just because, I mean, why can't, why can't Harry Kane? And I don't, it's another thing that I don't understand with, with athletes these days is chasing these titles and stuff. Uh, you see it in the NBA a lot, you know, um, you, you saw it with uh, Alex Rodriguez going to the Yankees, chasing a title. And I, I just don't understand why they have to, why don't we have these players anymore? Like a Steven Gerrard, you know, uh, uh, um, with Liverpool for, for so many years, he was on those terrible, terrible Liverpool teams. And, and he stuck with that team for ever. He had like over 700 appearances. I don't understand why athletes these days, and it, and it probably has a lot to do with the, with, with money, but you know, I, I, th- I think somebody like Gascoigne would probably would have stayed with Spurs forever. He loved it in Tottenham. He loved being, he loved being in London and he loved being that guy on the field that everybody looked to, to, to lead them, you know, and it, it just took a terrible FA cup final, you know, with the, with his knee injury to, to spiral his career down the toilet. You know, I think that's an interesting question, Mike. And I, I want to say, I can see both sides of that question, you know, so I'm far from a professional athlete, you know, but if I, if I'm trying to get into the mind of a professional athlete, you know, the concept of loyalty, I think it's pretty clear that um, loyalty doesn't exist, right? You know, the, the team, as soon as it's fiscally prudent for them to offload an asset that is depreciating, whether that's a, a football player who's 31 or 32 years old, or, you know, a, a stadium that's not bringing in enough money, um, they're going to offload that asset right now. Now that player, a, a Harry Kane type, you know, let's, let's imagine he goes away somewhere because he's chasing a dream or chasing more money or whatever it may be. We, we could assume he's going to come back as long as he doesn't pull like a Saul Campbell routine, you know, he's going to come back and still be Tottenham royalty for the rest of his life. Even if he were to go to city in, in, in pursuit of a dream. So I, I sort of get like the, the player thinking, Hey, I got this finite window of time. I'm at my highest earning potential and if, if the ultimate goal is to achieve the, the the trophy, you know, to to say that I'm the best, so be it. But I think you're right. There's there are so many athletes, there are so many football players that have never won a trophy, but they're still great football players. They're still legends. If there were a, a Hall of Fame, they're in the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and it's it's I think it's hard for us to compute that as as supporters, right? Because we we look and say, hey, I want this guy to be loyal to my club and I'm loyal. So I think he should be loyal. He's making a lot more money than I am being loyal. So why don't you just stick it out, buddy, and, and take the glory that goes with that? So I guess I'm saying I see it both ways. I don't know. Steve, I just, how do you- I, I, yeah, I just don't see him going to going to a Man City or going to, you know, or to going to a Manchester United or Real Madrid and or PSG, wherever it is that he could end up and being as beloved by a fan base no look at bale right right they 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 hate him yeah they despise the guy um he's he's going back he's like screw you i'm taking my money you know like that's kind of how he's he's that's that's how gareth bale is wired yeah and he won yeah he went there and won his trophies and still wasn't beloved yeah you know so with harry kane i think harry kane i don't think he's a stupid guy right 
and he wins that trophy and we think okay he wins that trophy in the euros uh that'll that'll satiate that that hunger for for trophies maybe not you know look at tom brady Tom Brady realized. I'd rather not. (laughs) (laughs) I always bring it back to another sport, but um, it's, you know, football is another thing that I know. And Tom Brady got to a point where he realized he wasn't going to be winning anymore in New England. So he went to a place that he knew had good bones and good structure and great owners. Well, not, not in the soccer world, great owners, but um, in, in, the NFL, they're great owners, um, and said, I know I can win here. It's because he's addicted to winning. Mm-hmm. Now he's got his rings. He's got every trophy that you can get in the NFL. Tom Brady said, I'm going to go here because I know I can continue to win if I do that. And I can prolong my career. This isn't the same thing with Harry Kane. Harry Kane is saying, I want to go win this trophy. And the way I'm going to do it is by, you know, forming, forming a super team in Manchester wearing light blue. If we just signed De Bruyne, we could have the super team in, in, in Tottenham, right? Like that, that's the answer. Just yeah. But then, you know, then when, you know, how often is Lucas going to play? <laughs> and that is what it usually comes down to. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. No, I, quite honestly, uh, I love Lucas, but I, he might be one of the guys I'd, I'd let go. He might be one of the guys. You're absolutely right. Steve, what do you think on the Pep Guardiola pity party? You, you got any opinions on, on this? Yeah, he can shove it for all I care. I mean, this is one of those guys who he, he pretty much, you know, every, everybody talks about how great his managerial career has been, but like he goes right into Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester City. Like for me, and I'm not going to say anybody could go in there because look at Ronald Koeman. He's completely inept and ran that Barcelona team into the ground, but most competent people, most competent managers could walk into any one of those teams and perform well. They've got the financial resources to do it. If Pep really wants my sympathy, I would love for him to go, you know, over to Fulham and right. see if he can get them to, to perform well. Right. By, On the by for promotion. Yeah. yeah. I would it. love Martinez to come in and just ruin Man City. <laughs> don't, don't you mean Mar- Martinez? Martinez? Martinez. Martinez. But that's the thing, right? Martinez. You know, it, it's if he wants my pity, go to a team that doesn't have the resources, and then start complaining about how you can't get the player that you need to complete your team. You work essentially for an oil state, right? You don't not have money like this, you know. And I don't want to get political or anything, but it's the same sort of bullshit that large corporations are constantly playing, oh, we can't pay people extra money. How am I supposed to buy my eighth yacht? Like, okay, maybe if you don't buy seven more yachts than you need, you could afford to get the players that you want. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the money's not there. It's just, you don't want to use it for this particular thing. And for that, I don't, you don't have my pity. You know, there are clubs out there that are, are, struggling financially especially in a post-covid world you know lower down in in the championship first second division uh, sort of teams you want my sympathy go there and then tell me you can't get the players you need um to to accomplish whatever arbitrary goal you know you're you're 
owners have have dished out for you. Well, you Steve, know? you know the the opposite thing is happening at PSG though with with their nation state owners. You know, Qatar is 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 telling Pochettino. Pochettino's asked them asked them a couple of times, "Can I can I leave?" And they're like, "No, fuck you. Honor your contract." You know, and they and yeah. they're doing it to Mbappe right now too. No, you're going to play. And if you don't, we don't care if you're going to leave for free. Now you're going to pay. But that's the thing, right? They can afford to let them leave for free. It's not going to cost them anything, right? right but yeah, they're not. They're not them. out there right now going. They're not out there right now going. Oh my God, we need this player, and we need this player, and we need this player. They don't give a crap, right? Exactly. They they're they're the type of business businessmen that said, "You signed a contract. You honor the contract. You can go when we're done with you." Now that's pretty much Levy too. Let's be honest, right? The only reason Kane's not off to Man City right now is because he's tied down to a contract and we know that he's not going to throw a fit. He's not that type of guy. You know, he might not have like that, that Toddy-esque, Toddy-esque loyalty that, you know, Roma saw, but he's also not a complete douchebag who's going to throw a hissy fit because he doesn't get his way. You know, so as much as I would love for him to be just like Toddy and just stay, um, you know, be that one club player for his entire career, if that's not what he wants, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to stop him. His contract runs out eventually, right? But, you know, it, it comes down to this whole conversation about loyalty that we've been having. It's, you know, it's, I don't think it's necessarily a culture or anything like that. I think it is entirely an individualistic approach. What motivates somebody, right? Is it their love for a specific club? Is it the money in Gareth Bale's case? Because um, you're spot on, they hate him there. But I mean, look, I would work for anybody if they wanted to pay me $600,000 a week to just sit around. You know, I don't care if they want to spit in my face every day for that paycheck. I'll say thank you afterwards. I mean, it, that's that's insane. But you know, it tarnishes Bale's reputation and 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 his legacy, though, and that bothers him. That's fair. That is, you know, I, I get that. It's but not just about you know. It's not just about. It's not just about the money. The I money, but yeah. it, he's he's a very self-serving person. But then at the same time, you look at like I was just reading about how um, Memphis Depay um, took a pay cut to go to Barcelona. Oh, Tom Brady did that for years too uh, in New England. Yeah, he took, he took pay cuts like every single year just to get certain players that he. So, knew he could work so with. it entirely depends on who the person is. Do you care about the paycheck, or do you care about the club, or do you care about something else? Like, what is it that motivates you? For Harry Kane, I don't think he's the kind of guy who is going to throw a hissy fit because he doesn't get a move. I think he wants to win all there is that's available. Um, and you know, I, I do get the sense that he loves Spurs and, and, you know, doesn't want to tarnish his memory of, of the Spurs club. Um, but if the opportunity arose to go somewhere else to win something, he would do it. And I can't say I'd blame him, you know, the number of times that, um, you know, he's kind of begged Levy publicly to kind of back the club and, and throw some funds their way to get the players that are needed. You know, at, at a certain point in time, you got to look and say, look, Levy, like, it, this is your fault that Kane's leaving, right? You can't blame him. And I don't think that any Spurs fan 
any sane Spurs fan would blame him if he did get up and left because it's, you know, he's, he's easily, in my opinion, the best striker in the world right now. Um, and the most complete for sure, you know, he might not have the same sort of numbers as like a, a Lewandowski, but he's, he doesn't play in that league though. If exactly. He, yeah, he and he doesn't have the supporting cast for it, right. but you know, it, honestly, I feel like if you put Kane in for Lewandowski at, at uh, Bayern Munich, it would just be like, you know, that team would be that much more elevated. I think he's that great of a player. Um, you know, you see it in the Euros, right? He's single-handedly carrying the team at times, whereas Lewandowski couldn't do that for Poland. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, what I'm getting at here is, is players, sure, clubs, sure. But at the end of the day, there's somebody with the purse strings, right? There's somebody who has the money. Are they going to be ambitious and back the club and try to make them successful? Or are they going to, you know, pretend that, oh, $100 million is too much for us? It's like, no, it's not. Like, look at who you've bought in recent years and for the extravagant prices and the extravagant wages. It's not that it's too much for you. It's just that, you know, people aren't rolling over to give you what you want. Like, let's be honest about that. Um, That... This entire conversation to me is like the good and bad about Levy, right? I love that he's not rolling over and he's not just giving Kane to City because that's where he wants to go and, you know, that's who wants to buy him. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you've had plenty of opportunity to back the team and you haven't done that for one reason or another. Um, And, you know, maybe if he was a little more vocal and explained his decisions, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Like, I get it, COVID really hit hard and, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. But if you're not giving the the fans anything to work with, we're just going to think the worst. I mean, not everybody can be as optimistic as Dave here. Some of them are the cynical type like I am. But I'll tell you, Steve, let me be cynical for a moment. Yes, finally. This this goes... (laughs) Here's a cynical challenge for you. This goes back to a conversation we had a long time ago about what what jersey would you buy and with whose player name on it. And you may recall my 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 foundational stance is I don't buy jerseys with player names on them because players leave, right? The team stays, players come and go. Your favorite player is going to either walk away or be sent away at some point in time. And, and so that's just kind of a foundation piece for me. The other thing, just being cynical, I think that this this England run in the Euros is the best thing that could have happened to Spurs. And I say that because let's flash back to the last couple weeks of the season. Kane made an absolute freaking mess out of that with the interviews, with the comments. Like he was he was putting out nuggets trying to what appeared to be forcing the issue. Um he got sympathy. He got sympathy from people like me who just like, you know, just let the guy go. You know what I mean? Like let, let him go do his thing and let's take the money and move on. Yeah. I felt the same way. Yeah. The euros is distracted from that. Right. Like the, it, we said it earlier in this, in this podcast, you know, the, his performance has driven his value even higher. Um, it has taken the, the stain off of the end of the season. You know, that whole like going away party that, you know, the, the, the somber, you know, this appears to be it dynamic. That was really frustrating to watch when we know that the person in charge is Levy. Like Kane wasn't in charge of any of the decisions. It's all about Levy. So um, I, I think England doing well is the best thing that could have happened. I think England winning will also be potentially a really good thing 
for Spurs. It won't be good for Steve's uh, bank account, but it'll be really good for Spurs. Not not uh, not to bring it back to 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 the 1990s, but that it, it's everything comes back to the 1990s, Mike. Come on, I would I would love ever. if I I would have loved that swan song from Harry Kane and and um if if that were the if that were the case um i i think i i, I remember saying not next year dude not this year dude mm-hmm. you know he's you not did. going anywhere um yeah. you know i if it, if it does happen maybe it happens you know in the winter transfer who knows depending on where we sit but you know to bring it back to the 1990s you know uh Gascoigne had that had that spot where he uh where he was um, transferred to uh, was it was it Roma? Yeah, it was Roma, right? Um, but he had been transferred, and he said, "I I I'm not going to leave until after the FA Cup because I owe it to the fans and I owe it to myself." And he went to that FA Cup, and he got he got his knee blown out on a on a cynical challenge, on a cynical um, challenge, on, on a terrible terrible challenge after he had been bold enough to ask princess die for a kiss <laughs> i was just reading i was just reading all this stuff on him because i was trying to i was trying to find something to equate my my feelings on 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 um levy uh having to sell harry kane because he's <laughs> because he's broke um yeah. so i was i was trying to i was trying to find something in spurs lore to to kind of um to make an analogy and and uh and, and gascoigne came came right up and i was like oh this is a this is a name i know even though i wasn't watching spurs at the time or you know even interested in soccer at the time but this is a name that i know from history um from the history of soccer and and what i've been learning about and and uh for all for all i've read the guy was quite quite a human being until his life started going you know spiraling but we could talk about that later but he he was a a great influence uh, in London in Spurs and his national team. And that, that's kind of what I wanted Harry Kane. That's what I want out of Harry Kane and from Harry Kane. For that's the what, record, it was see. Lazio. Oh, it was Lazio. Oh, the, the, the other side of Rome, right? <laughs> hey, I think we're hitting a, I think we're hitting an end point for our conversation. So just, just to recap, um, Euros is going to turn out good one way or the other. Either Steve's happy financially or uh, Spurs are happy because England wins. So there Go England. That. We are uh, w- Wicked Spurs. is in support of, uh, of Nuno. We are excited about what lies ahead, and we're looking forward to talking more about it in, in the coming weeks. And uh, we could care less about how Pep and uh, any other suitors for, for Harry Kane feel. And um, we're hoping, to, hoping he sticks around for a while. So that's the gist of it. Mike, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, no, I just want to... Uh... I want to uh, hope that everybody gets excited. Uh, uh, if you watch Spurs.tv, you can watch the uh, preseason matches. Um, you can see some of, the, some of the younger guys and some of your favorites get out there on the on the field and and get going for next season. So I think it should be a it should be fun to see what what kind of product Nuno puts puts out there to start off our his Spurs tenure um, and and to show what kind of off season work that people are putting in. Very good, Steve. How about you? Closing thoughts. Yeah, my one last thought for the day. Uh, you know, you talked briefly about the uh, jersey conversation. I'm, you know, after this Euro experience, I'm doubling down. Hoiberg's my guy. You know, this th- that guy is incredible for so many reasons. Um, you know, his leadership, his skill. I mean, 
there was one point, I think it was after the first half of the England game where he had made more tackles by himself than the entire English team combined. Um, like, you know, you, you see everything that he's done for Denmark, everything he's done for Spurs. And I mean, I, I just look and, and think, you know, if Italy wins and I get that nice little boost to my bank account, maybe I'm going to go in on a Hoybier jersey for uh, this season. I don't know. We'll see. You know, Steve, uh, there is there is a loophole to to Dave's theory of jerseys, and that is Hoybier will, will always be a Danish player. So you could get the Hoybier 23 Denmark kit and you wouldn't be taking any risk whatsoever of a change down the road. That's fair, but I would have to get the white one. Um yeah, because obviously I'm not wearing a, a red kit ever True. for obvious red, reasons. There are obvious reasons, but it does hide the pasta sauce from the uh, the cheese sticks and whatnot. Oh, so but just, it's a white shirt. So, it, you know, the second I get excited and spill my coffee, it's done. See, the uh, dilemmas, dilemmas. So maybe maybe that Spurs second or third kit for this coming year. Maybe that's the, the way to go. Yeah, get Hoiberg on the uh, away kit. We'll see. I'm, Especially I'm a goddamn hideous uh, <laughs> thing comes to be true, but we'll, we'll see. All right, boys. Well done this week. I appreciate both of you. Thanks for the time. Uh, to our listeners, we'll be back again soon. Looking forward to it. And this has been Wicked Spursy. We appreciate you all. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>